0: Is that better? There we go. Now we're cooking. Ah, So last week we talked about this list. Uh, And the whole focus of the sermon last week was how do we be people, followers of Jesus, that our doing in life flows out of our being. So we we talked about this reality that we're very reactive and our doing usually flows uh, in Out of action, out of busyness, out of necessity. But how do we move from people that are doing flows from our being in Christ, our being with Jesus? In the central idea that that is what it means to remain. To remain is Jesus commands us in John fifteen. He is uh, He is the vine; we are the branches. He says over and over and over again, our job is to abide. Our job is to remain. Our job is to be connected to him. Are we supposed to worry about the fruit that we produce? No. Are we supposed to worry about the, how much fruit we produce? No. Our sole job is to abide and to remain. We went through this checklist last week. Uh, do we have a slide for that? Yes, we do. All right. So I'll read through this. Last week, I asked us to read through this and just put a mental check next to the thing that you connect with. You avoid silence. And when you are quiet, your mind constantly races. You skip or skim on Sabbath, your rest day. You hurry around a lot. I gotta, I gotta get to this. I gotta go do this. We're late for this. I, I got this full day in front of me. I gotta go, 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 go. You position yourself so that others think well of you. You say yes when you'd rather say no. I got any people pleasers in the house? Amen. You're resentful and tired because you regularly try to do it all. You rarely taste your food as a gift from God. You have little mindfulness of delighting in Christ's love during the day. You are often unaware when your body is full of tension and anxiety. You have little or no awareness when you are having an overreaction. You check email and Facebook more than 15 times a day, and before you go to bed. So, show of hands, who identified with one of those statements? Good. I'm glad we're all being honest today. So we put up this list last week, and we said, look, if you struggle with like three or four things on this list which I don't know about you but, but I've got more than three or four things on this list that, that I, you know, you kind of say and you kind of, it, it zings you a little bit. You go, oh yeah, that's me. If you have more than three or four things on this list it's a good indication that you are operating out of doing rather than operating out of being. And I think we all know that we have some work to do and growing and our remaining and abiding in Jesus. And so the key question is, how? Right? I don't think anybody in this room would read these verses from John and go, "Yeah, I don't know, that's a bunch of garbage." Like, I don't know anybody that's following Jesus that would read these verses and go, that's not for me. I think all of us would go, yeah, it's a good idea to remain in Jesus. Jesus is speaking truth here. When I am remaining in, abiding in, when I am attached to the vine, life is better. It just is. I don't know anybody that I know that I've even talked to that has been like, man, I've been remaining in Jesus. I've been abiding in Jesus. I've been walking with Jesus and life is worse. I don't know anybody that has that kind of experience. So so if we're all sitting in the room going, yeah, that's a great idea. Then then why don't we do it, right? Right? And then the next question is, how do we do it? So this morning, I kind of want to just camp out on that a little bit. See, it's easy to talk about abiding. It's easy to remain, to talk about remaining. But it's another thing that, to organize our lives so that remaining and abiding becomes the primary thing that we do. So how do we do that? In, in the emotionally healthy course that we do, the, healthy, uh, the emotionally healthy spirituality, Pete Scazzaro, the writer of the book, talks about we need to develop a rule of life. Now this isn't something that Pete came up with. This has been something that the church fathers have done since the beginning of the church. A rule of life is something that is a how you intentionally organize your life. Now, a lot of us that I've talked to when I said, you need a rule of life in your life, you kind of bristle at this rule because we don't like rules, all that stuff. But I want you to think about the definition of a rule of life from the Greek is actually a trellis. It's building a trellis for your life. A trellis is a tool that allows the grapevine to get up off the ground and grow upward, becoming more fruitful and productive. A rule of life for us, building a trellis for your life, is an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of all we do. It is an intentional plan of how to remain, how to stay connected to the vine. Pete, in the book, in the chapter uh, on the rule of life, lays out four different categories that we need to pay attention to. These four categories for, uh, that we need to pay attention to and be intentional in to build that trellis for our life, the first one is prayer. Scripture, silence and solitude, daily prayer, study of Scripture. Where in your life do you spend time praying and intentionally praying? Where in your life do you spend time listening for the voice of God? When do you study Scripture? In all these areas of our lives, our lives are so busy, so filled, that it becomes very easy, just to go along with the flow. An illustration that I love: uh, How many of you have swam in the ocean? Awesome. What happens when you get in? So you set up camp on the beach. You got your tent. You got your umbrella. You got—I don't know who has a tent at the beach. You have your umbrella. You have your station, right? You go into the water. You go and you go swimming. What happens after after fifteen? 20 minutes in the water, where are you? Are you right where you went in? No. The current takes you down the beach. If you're not careful, you'll set up beach in one place, you'll get in the water, you'll be having fun, you'll be swimming, you'll be enjoying yourself, and pretty soon you'll realize that you are 20, 30, 40, 50 yards away from where you set up camp on the beach. I think the same thing happens in life. If you're not careful, if we're not intentional, life will just take you. The current will just take you. And pretty soon you will realize that you are further away from where you wanted to be than when you started. So in these four areas of our life, if we aren't intentional about paying attention to it, we will float along with the current of life, of culture, of the current that we're swimming in, and pretty soon we will realize we are far away from where we want to be. So in the area of prayer, study, silence. What is your plan? The next is the area of rest. We are a culture that is addicted to productivity. What do most people respond with? If you ask, hey, how's life, how you doing? Oh, busy, 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 life is busy. We all know life is busy. And that busyness will carry you away if you aren't careful. So, so how are you doing in the area of rest, of Sabbath, of simplicity in your life, and of play and recreation? Work and activity, service, mission, your actual job, and then care of your physical body. How are your relationships? How is your emotional health? How's your family? What intentional friendships do you have or community do you have? These four areas are the four main areas where Pete lays out in his book and says, these are the main things we have to pay attention to when we talk about building a trellis for our life. Is our life going to be fruitful? Is our life going to be remaining in Christ? Or is our life, we're going to be following the current and pretty soon we're going to look back and go, man, I am dry, I, I, have, I am not filled up, and I am not remaining in Christ, mainly because I haven't been paying attention in these areas. These aren't the only areas. You can swap out areas that you need to. But the whole thing I want to point out today is, If you're checking off those boxes earlier, it's a good indication that you have not been intentional about building up your trellis in these four areas. Take a look at your trellis. And an intriguing idea is that you have a trellis that you're building on. You may not be intentional about it, But there is a trellis that we build our life on. And we got to ask ourselves is this trellis the one that the world gives you? Or is this trellis something that you're intentionally focused on remaining in Christ? This rule of life, I think a lot of times we we think of a rule of life as being something that is restrictive. And I think if we're intentional about building this rule of life, this trellis for our life, it actually becomes something that gives us freedom. It gives us boundaries to live our life in. So I want to give us a few minutes and I want to put some questions up on the screen and I just want to have you reflect on them. And this starts to get a look at what are your daily, what are your weekly, what are your monthly, what are your quarterly, what are your yearly habits, the way that you live life, what are those? And are those things that are intentionally Keeping you remaining in Christ? Or are those things that are either neutral or actually having you walk away from remaining in Christ? I think this is something that we need to do often. We need to look at our daily rhythms, our weekly rhythms, our monthly rhythms, rhythms, our yearly rhythms, and decide is this a good trellis that we're building? Is this helpful? Is this putting us in the right place in our life? Is our prayer and reading scripture in the right place? Are we resting? Are we keeping our lives simple or are things getting very complex? Are we working? How's our work? How's our job? Are we taking care of our bodies? And how are our relationships? Are you emotionally healthy in those relationships? Do you have the friends around you that keep you focused and remaining in Jesus? Do your relationships have purpose? So I'm going to give us just a couple minutes to reflect. I have three questions, three questions that I want us to go through. What do you currently do that nurtures your spirit and fills you with delight? What do you currently do in your life that fills your spirit and fills you with delight? What people, places, and activities do you need to avoid because they deplete you or make it difficult for you to remain anchored in Christ? The follow-up question to that is why. And then what have-tos impact your rhythms in this season of life? The follow-up question to that, are those have-tos that I have to keep doing or not? So I wanna give us a few minutes and just, I want you to reflect on those four areas of life. How are you doing? And then these three questions. And maybe you just wanna pick one of those questions and focus in on. But I wanna give us just a few minutes and just reflect, pray. ask Jesus to show you something Jesus what area do i need to focus on Jesus what am i doing that intentionally fills me fills my spirit just take a few moments with Jesus and pray I want to encourage you to spend some time on this. This is one of those exercises that needs to become part of your routine. C.S. Lewis has this wonderful quote where he says, Every morning I spend time praying and pushing back all the wild animals of the day. This was part of his rule of life or his rhythm of life. That for him, every day, I'm gonna spend time praying and being with Jesus before all the wild animals of life can come rushing in and sabotage all of my plans. This is where he stayed focused, connected with Jesus. So the question for us is, where are you doing that in life? It's easy to let busyness take over. It's easy to escape It's easy to do something. It's easy to jump on social media. It's easy to jump on Netflix and watch something and just escape for a little while. But it takes a little more intentionality to remain in Jesus. So how's your prayer life? When, where, and how are you reading Scripture? Are you following Jesus alone or are you building a community around you? A community that asks you questions. A community that is intentional about keeping you remaining and abiding in Christ. Do you take a day to rest and play and just be with Jesus and enjoy the blessings. Do you take retreat days? Do you take your vacation time? One of my hopes is it will become more intentional as individuals, as families, as a church, about building a trellis that keeps us remaining in Christ. All right, Turn with me to Exodus 33. I know it's a little bit of a jump, but trust me. So I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago, and this idea really hit me and stuck out to me. A little history, right? God tells the nation of Israel, you're going to be my reflection on earth. When people see you, they're to see me. And so God sends Moses, rescues them from Egypt, and then sets them up to go into the promised land. And you see all different times that that God calls the nation of Israel to depend on him, to be in relationship with him. And you see them do that sometimes, and then you see them kind of waver from that. God, you're not fast enough. We're going to do our own thing. God, I know you just brought down food from the sky, which was amazing. And I know that you told us just take enough for a day's worth, but we took more because we didn't quite trust you. And just before Exodus 33, we have the the nation of Israel building golden calves to worship. Essentially saying, God, you're taking too long. We need to make our own thing that we're going to worship. And so in 33, we have this scenario where the promised land is set up and God is a little upset with his people because they just built something else to worship. He's like, you guys just don't get it. And then he says this, go into the promised land. I am not going to go with you. I'm going to deliver on my promise, but I am not going to go with you. He says, you're stiff-necked, stubborn people that keep walking away from me and going to worship other things, so this is actually my grace that I'm still going to send you into the promised land. But you're not going to get me. And how does Moses respond? Is the leader of the people. How does he respond to this? Moses is having this conversation. You've been telling me, lead these people. But you have not let me know. Whom you will send. You have said, I know by your name you have found favor with me. If you're pleased with me, teach me your ways. He's pleading with God here. And then the Lord replies, My presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone? Know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us. What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? Which Moses is just kind of repeating the whole purpose of the nation of Israel in the first place. That God was going to be the head of it and that as this nation lived its life out, it was going to reflect who God is. God was going to be the distinguishing factor that when others saw how the nation of Israel lived, they would go, wow, that's how God intended it to be? Now sin got in the way and they messed up a lot of times. But Moses, I find this profound, that he is sitting here saying, God, I know there's the promised land over there. I know you just said, We can go there. And and after some pleading, you said that you'll go with us. But God, I want you to understand, if your presence does not go with us, I don't want to leave. How many of us have that attitude towards Jesus? How many of us have that posture, have that mindset when it comes to remaining in Christ? Jesus, if you're not here, like if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to leave. I am going to stay right. Yeah, I know there's promises and it's amazing and it's beautiful. It's everything I've ever dreamed of, but if you don't go with me, I'm not moving. usually it's, hey, that was really good church service. It was awesome, I felt some things. And now I'll go off into my week and I won't think about Jesus again until next Sunday if I decide to go to church or read scripture or pray. Or sometimes situations and circumstances bring us to the place where we are desperately needing to hear from God. Jesus, please work this out in my life, I need you. And as soon as we get the answer, as soon as the circumstance works itself out, as soon as the pain goes away, we go away from remaining in Jesus. We'll remain in Jesus when it's good for us, right? We'll remain in Jesus when we need it. But as soon as the circumstance is lifted or the circumstance is changed or we get the gift or we get the blessing or we get the answer, the temptation is to go on without him. And there's a lot of times where we're more focused on the conclusion or the answer or the blessing than we are about the relationship. When do we have that, that mindset, that prayer of going, Jesus, if you're not going there, then I'm not going there. It's, it's your presence that I want and that I need. It's not the answer. It's not the blessing. It's not the grace. It's not having everything that I've ever dreamed of. It's your presence is the thing that I'm chasing after and that I'm, that I need. So It's my hope and my prayer that we as a church would start to get this mindset. We as believers in Jesus would start to get this mindset. It's your presence that I need, Jesus. I need to remain attached to the vine. And as I remain attached to the vine, I know you are going to do pruning. You are going to do growing. You are going to produce fruit. There's going to be things that you do in my life that I cannot even imagine. And my only job is to remain. Is to be concerned that I am still remaining in the presence of Jesus, in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. So as worship team comes up I want us just to even pray that Let's pray together Jesus, we ask that you would lead us. Jesus, I pray you would become aware, make us aware in those areas where we are drifting from you. Make us aware, Jesus, in those areas that we talked about where where we are just not being intentional. We're just letting life happen. Jesus, make us aware of how we can build a trellis around our life that intentionally connects us to the vine. Jesus, your presence is what we desire. We desire to remain. And Jesus, I pray that you, you work it on in our hearts and our minds, that we develop this passion. This mindset where you say, your presence is what we are shooting for. Your presence is what we are aiming for. We will not go. We will not move. Unless your presence goes with us.